I apologize that I don't have a Christmas message. It's just not in there. I have searched diligently for that Christmas message and it's not there. Um, we'll be one of the few churches that don't have Christmas messages. And I apologize for that, but I don't apologize for that. Because I, my responsibility is to speak truth and in that truth, you'll never find Christmas. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 2 this morning. It says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes, and she laid him in a manger, because there's no room in the inn. You know, this concept that we have, and the plays that we put on, the Christmas cantatas that we put on, is not for God, it's for Him. I mean, it's not for Him, it's for us. You see, we do all these plays and we do all these things this time of year um, thinking that we're going to get God's attention and we put our kids up here and we laugh at them as they mess up the play and they look cute up in here and they're not doing what they're supposed to do and um, the focus itself is not on Christ but on them and, and, and what we've taught them and, and the plays that they perform and, and the katatas that we're, oh, it sounds pleasing to our ears. God's not pleased with all of that. Um, again, I know I'm putting my, probably my position here as pastor in jeopardy, but, um, but I have to speak truth to you because we have made a mockery of Christ's birth. We have materialized it. We've made birthday cakes and having parties. We've having dances. Um, somehow thinking that Jesus is pleased with that and he's not. And that is the, the fallacy of religion is it allows us to make a mockery of what God did for us. All this religious festival makes a mockery of God sending his son to do something magnificent for us and give us a gift and then we want to tag it along with this, these seasons and um, the Christmas festivities when this is about your soul. This is about where you spend eternity. This is about a deceiver that walks around this earth um, trying to deceive you to the point where uh, you never come to that saving knowledge of who Christ is. There's nothing festive about that at all. Uh, it, it's a serious matter and we have made such light of it that this world just takes it and just, um, and if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that and just makes light of it. Jesus wasn't, we didn't want to come. Jesus was not his idea. Um, but something had to be done and there was a God who was gracious and merciful and decided he had to do something for humanity so that he could give humanity back to himself knowing that in the flesh they could do nothing. That's why he came. Um, one of the reasons he's came. There's no room in the end. It's amazing that uh, that the God child was born in such a humble and insignificant state that these all these religious people and the religious priests that by, by George 
if, if Christ was coming, he would come through, through one of us. Uh, and yet, that's not how it happens. See, religion never gets it right. Religion never gets it right. And the religious leaders couldn't get it right. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So even when the angel showed up, it wasn't their glory. It was the glory of the Lord. And he stood before them and, and, and the glory of the Lord was there in such magnificent array that they became afraid and went on to say... Uh, that they were terribly frightened and the angel said to them do not be afraid for hold I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people again leaving out religion uh, those religious people those priests that had the scriptures memorized um, that put on the long robes and went around and 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 taught you know talked very uh, religiously and uh, correctly and you know and all that stuff so that people would look at them in their state. Anything that God does in a man's life or in a person's life, God should get the glory. I appreciate the good words, but you don't know all the difficult. I don't say difficulty for him, but the difficulty in the walk of my life that brought me to the point where I am right now and don't think for a moment just because I'm pastor that I've got this all figured out don't you think for one moment that I'm not struggling every day with the flesh just like you do don't think for one moment that I'm any different than you I just have a different position that God has put me in to bring truth and I have to deal with that on a daily basis and understand that um, I am held to a very much higher standard than you all. And therefore, what I'm told to bring, I bring uh, without reservation, uh, but hopefully always in a loving manner. He said, I bring you good news of great joy. But see, it's not earthly joy. It's not great news for the world, uh, but it is great news for the world. You see, the news he was bringing is that there's a Savior that's going to be born for all mankind. But that was the purpose, okay, uh, of Jesus Christ. To have that universal salvation for all sin and to be forgiven and to be cleansed and be freed from the bondage of sin. But yet... The application of that is an individual one, which each and every one of us must stand before God alone. We must bear our own burdens uh, before the Lord. But it's great joy. Uh, the joy doesn't come until the new birth experience. You will not understand this. You can't comprehend this till you're born again. It doesn't become a joy uh, until you're born again. See, as you're going through this discipleship and you're going through the Christianity, which is, you know, the Roman term for discipleship, um, as you're going through this, um, there's not a lot of joy. There's a lot of frustration. Uh, there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of fear. 
the, the tremendous nowadays because of the religious leaders that we have in our world today. Uh, a lot of confusion about this great joy. But until you understand uh, why he came, until you understand what the love of God is, you'll never, never understand the joy. It says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, so he wasn't just the Christ. He was put in a position of authority by God and he is Lord. He is Lord of over all of mankind and over everything in this earth uh, that has been granted to him by the Father. This is going to be a sign for you'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. You're not going to have to go to the palace, uh, to the temple, but you're going to find him in a stinky little place with a lot of stinky little animals. We talked about it a little bit last week. And he's going to be laying in a manger. Um, wow, where are you going to find him at? This, this, this is God's only son, his begotten son. And you find him in such a humble state. Uh, a state of um, humility, a state where uh, there's no respect, a state where there's um, no one's looking and saying, man, look at this. Because the message that God is sending was not about Jesus. We've got this all wrong. The message is not about Jesus. The message is about you and what Jesus has done for you. It was never about the person, but it was about the purpose. And I think Christmas, the way that we look at it, it makes it so much about the person that we forget the purpose. And so that we think that we put on the plays or we come that, that, that on those, you know, those accredited days where people think God really appreciates them being here. You know, Christmas, Easter, and, and, and Thanksgiving, and you know, those days that you know, people will show up and, and they even go buy new clothes and they dress up uh, and somehow um, they think by honoring the person that God is pleased when they forget and there's no purpose. Jesus came for a purpose. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising. Who did they praise? Who did they praise for this? They praised God. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believeth in him shall not perish. So the love of God became so great and the, and the reality of the perishing was so real and man could not do anything about this that God did it for them. And that is the purpose. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. How many times have you read that passage of scripture and knew what peace was? Peace is talking about Jesus Christ. Peace is the person and that's whom he is pleased. He was pleased with him before he even lived his life. He was pleased for him before in the, in the beginning of creation. He was pleased with his son. And this peace was with men and that's whom he was pleased with. 
He sent him because he wasn't pleased with us. Where in the ideology of religion do we get this aspect that God is pleased with us? Or pleased with anything that we can offer him or give him? I don't understand why we tell people that there's something good within us when God says there's nothing good within us. Glory to God in the highest. Praising Him. Praising God for what He has done for mankind. Let's look at 1 John. I mean, sorry, John, 8, um, sorry, John 18, 30, 34. Actually, I'm going to begin in verse 33. It says, Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative or did someone, did someone other tell you about me? Uh, it's really neat that Jesus asked that question. Because I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you know about Jesus because somebody told you about him? Or did you do it on your own initiative? What he was searching was, that, did, did, God tell you, did, did God tell you about me? Was, was there some kind of initiative that came within you from the Holy Spirit that allows you to know who I am and what I am? Because if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the Christ to you, you don't have the Christ that the Bible talks about. Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, so how can I know this? You know, I'm, I'm not a Jew. Um, your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What, what have you done? Exactly, what have you done? You know, what, what brings you before me? Why was, why was he brought to Pilate? Because God ordained it. God caused that partial hardening where it allowed that Jesus would be uh, crucified by the, by the Greeks and, and by the Jewish nation. You see, the problem is when you allow religion and it becomes political and then it tries to tell the people what to do, it can be misdirected very easily. And that's true in our day, in our world today, when we allow our religious leaders to tell us the things of God. Religious leaders don't know anything. No amount of studying can give our religious leaders the truth of God. And that's why this all happened, because God ordained it. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Explaining to him something he can't understand. Thinking that he's a madman. Thinking that he's a nut. Uh, what, do you, what, what do you mean your kingdom's not of this world? It never was of this world. Uh, Jesus, th this was never his place. And when you become a child of God, this is no longer your place. And if you don't grasp that concept, and start saying no to what the world has to offer. And falling into delusions of men and delusions of our religious leaders. And into delusion of this world. 
in how we're to approach God's word and how we're to approach him. Contrary to the word of God because what we do is we throw it out because guess what? We know more than God. See, we come and we're, we're going to decide how we please God until, instead of just being obedient and letting God be pleased with what's in us. And allowing what's in us to take over that nature so that uh, we become obedient to his word. Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say correctly, I am, the, I am a king. For this I have been born. So let's, I tell you, scripture, te- scripture defines it all. But if we don't put the scriptures together because we're told by the religious leaders to read just the Christmas story, and if you don't get the truth from the Christmas story, and you just keep saying the Christmas story, you keep teaching your kids the Christmas story, but not the purpose of it. You left them undone. It's not us acknowledging Christ that even matters. Acknowledging Him and coming in here doesn't matter to a hill of beans if you've not been born again. If the purpose of Christ has not meant anything to you, then it doesn't matter. All the accolades that you give Christ is all in vain. See, we have allowed religion to say all we got to do is speak the name of Jesus. And somehow, we're okay. Well, you're not. Everyone, listen to this. I came in, I've been born for this, and I have come into the world to testify to truth. First of all, he is the truth in the way, and no one comes to the Father but through him. But he also has a lot of other truths to give us. That there's no physical way in the flesh that man can please God. There's a lot of truths in Scripture. But see, we want to tell the history of Scripture. And we think the more that we know the knowledge that we have, the history of Jesus somehow makes us authority about God. And if left it's revealed to you and there's a revelation to you, you don't have anything. You've got something that's going to be end up in vain. I've come into the world to testify to the truth. And here is the significant part of this passage of scripture. This is the most significant part of Jesus' birth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. I don't need to make the Bible more simple to read. I don't need to keep rewriting it to make it say what I want to say. If I am of him, I will hear his voice and I will be able to not only understand who I am before Almighty God, knowing that I'm dead in my trespasses of sin. And I'm hopelessly, helplessly lost. And I bring nothing to the table. It's all his work. Not mine. You see, if I don't hear his voice, I'm not his. 
Now, you've got to be careful what voice you're listening to because there are some people that think they hear the voice of God and they're doing things that are contrary to the body. Like when we have Sunday school, some people think that their jobs are more important in doing something else than being in Sunday school. We had a passage of scripture written by Brian this morning that this is about a unity. That we're all to be in one accord. That we're all, all supposed to be learning together. He brings to that unity. Well, you can't have one section doing this and 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 expect there to be a unity in the body. Whether you like it or not, in the body of Christ, we are connected and we're responsible for one another. And when one of us fails, it hurts the whole body. And it doesn't matter that you're failing. It's a matter that you're comfortable in your failing. As your pastor, I don't care that you don't have it yet. But when I see that you don't care that you have it yet, that's what hurts the heart of a pastor. Is that you think somehow that the Holy Spirit's going to tell you something contrary to what the body's doing when the body is in truth? Now, if the body's out of truth, that might be true. But when you have a body that's working and walking in truth, God's not going to pick you out and say, hey, I want you to do this contrary to what the body's doing that's never going to happen that doesn't happen the Holy Spirit never you're listening to the wrong spirit and if you're not careful Satan is uh, walking around like a lion trying to devour those he can and he does this by deception you can read the scriptures and Satan can be there to tell you what it says how do I know that how do I know that let's back it up by scripture how do we know that because when Jesus was tempted in the desert, what did Satan use? Scripture. So when you're sitting down with the Scriptures, you better make sure that the Holy Spirit is teaching you and not Satan. Because Satan is right there to teach you. His demons are there to teach you what the Word of God says. And it's always going to be incorrect. And why we don't understand what this is about and why we don't understand that we can be deceived and why we don't understand that why Jesus came was to deliver us from all of this deception so that we could be the righteousness of God and that's what this is about is you becoming the righteousness of God and that your nature is the nature of God and we eventually put this flesh to death and that is all this is about I've never seen a play about that have you ever seen a Christmas play about that? Have you ever seen one Christmas play about that? About the truth and the purpose of Christ? No, you have not. I've come to the world to testify the truth. Everyone who is the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? It's a great question. Unfortunately, Scripture never tells us if Christ shared truth with him. <laughs> The truth is, you can't say that you're a child of God and continue to live in sin. You cannot be a child of God and not, and not want to become more mature and more perfected. It just doesn't go together. It, it's impossible. And that is the truth that Christ came to preach and teach that you must repent for the forgiveness of sin. You must endure to the end to be saved. You must be born again and become a child of God or you will not enter the kingdom of God. 
You have no ability in the flesh to please God. These are all truth that Christ was teaching. And it's the truth that we have forgot to teach. Oh, just join a church. Just say a prayer. Just go on a mission trip. Go to seminary. Become a pastor. It's a great job. Let's look at 1 John. 3, 1 through 10. It says, see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. A love we can't comprehend, a love we're not born with to even know what it means. He's bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. You have to be a child of God. You have to be a child of God. You have to be a child of God. And the only way you're a child of God is you've got to be born of God. First comes the flesh, and you're born of the flesh, devoid of the Spirit. Then you're born of God, and now you have the Spirit. And that's what it's. The requirement to be a child of God is the Holy Spirit has to live in you. That we be called children of God as such we are. See that for this reason the world doesn't know us because it did not know Him. See we not only confound the world but we confound the religious people of this world. If this sermon was preached in any other church you'd have people get up and walk out. Because this doesn't fit what they want their Christ to be. They don't, want to the, they don't want the true Christ. They want to get this Christ that takes them to heaven and let them live their life any way they want by just doing good works. Well, you must be good first or it doesn't matter what your works are. And the only good that's in us is the Holy Spirit. And this reason the world doesn't know us because it does not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared to yet what we will be. See, uh, that's the problem, is man wants to define it. Paul says, we don't know what yet we're going to be. I, I don't know what we're supposed to do, don't know what we're supposed to be, don't know how we're supposed to act, not how we're supposed to, to, this is all supposed to work its way out. And so man comes along and says, this is how you work it out. And Paul himself says, we don't know. But here's what we do know. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. And because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has his hope fixed on him does what? Purifies himself just as he is pure. So to say that you have Christ and you're not purifying, you're not being purified, you're not going through that cleansing process, and you say you have Christ, well, you have just contradicted the Word of God. And now, you don't have what He says you have to have. There, there's a, he puts the Spirit in you, not for you, but to purify Himself purify yourself so he's presenting for himself and making for himself a holy body it's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ the body of the Lord Jesus Christ just because you belong to South Elkhorn Baptist Church doesn't mean you are a child of God and it doesn't mean that you're part of that universal church if you're not being purified you're not part of that church and you're hopelessly helplessly lost 
See, somewhere along the way, somebody told you to say a prayer. Somewhere, if you raised up in a Baptist church, or you've heard of Baptist message, somewhere, 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 somebody told you to say a prayer. And then shook your hand and welcomed the King of God, dunked you in some water, and said, welcome. You're not saved. You're not a child of God. And that's why I'm so dogmatic about this. Because that was me. Once you've had a sickness and once you've had something and you've been cleared of it, you're dogmatic about telling folks that are trapped into the same thing because I know what your destiny is and you're going to die and go to hell. He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. That prayer that you said means absolutely nothing because I had no work in your life. It's not the prayer that saves you, it's the receiving of the Holy Spirit that saves you. And we made a mockery of it all. And everyone who has his hope fixed and purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. And I'm going to stop right there. If God allows me, we'll pick up there next week. Because if you want a Christmas message, this is the Christmas message. But it's the same message I have every Sunday. I don't care if you want to celebrate Christmas, but please don't bring Jesus into it. Celebrate. Give your gifts. Be kinder than you usually are the rest of the year. But please leave Jesus out of Christmas. Because he has nothing to do with Christmas. And I hope his word this morning shows you the fallacy of humanity. In making this a holiday. And people are going to die and go to hell because of it.